Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, man. Well, good morning. Y'all doing well? Fantastic. Listen, I, I get to, to be up here every, almost every single week, and I thoroughly enjoy it. And um, I, I am honored to be able to, to bring the word to you this morning. Uh, so thank you, Pastor Brian, for giving me the opportunity. Um, I count it a privilege to serve here at Generations Church. Um, I count it a privilege to serve you guys. And uh, so thank y'all for having me. Uh, my wife, love you, baby. Appreciate it. Talk about you a little bit today. And, uh, but hey, we'll get into it. Um, when Pastor Brian called me in his office, sometimes um, in staff, we get a, hey, come see me text message. Um, and it's, you, you, you don't know, you know, which way it's going to go. It's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't say, you know, sometimes it's a, hey, can you come see me? Um, when you get a chance and, you know, that's probably not that big of a deal, but sometimes it's just, hey, come see me. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just come now. Um, so um, I sat down in his office, and, um, and we were just talking about a couple of things. And he just said, hey, I just, I'm going to be off next weekend. I, I want, you to, want you to preach. And I said, good Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good Lord. All right. Um, uh, but he, he said something to the effect of, these are, I'm not going to, it's not a direct quote. But he said something to the effect of, the other staff pastors have had an opportunity to preach this year, and I've been saving the best for last. So, um, so here I am this morning, and uh, again, not a direct quote, not a direct quote from the meeting, but it was something along those lines, all right? Um, so <laughs> Amen. As we're in this place today, if you will, you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. We're going to be reading a little bit, a little bit of scripture this morning. Um, so we're going to dive right in. I'm going to give you a second to, to get in there. Uh, this message this morning is just entitled, very simply, The Promise. Um, I still hear pages flipping. Thank y'all for bringing your Bibles. This is so good. I didn't even bring mine. It, mine's right, it's right here. <laughs> scripture was primed and ready for me this morning. So um, let's read. It'll be on the screens for you as well. It's 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm starting in verse 1. Um, it reads like this. It says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except for, except for a, jar, a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, and she shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. And keep going just a little bit longer. One day, Elijah went to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, he, who urged him to eat some food. 
So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and he rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. When he called her, she stood before him and he said to her, uh, say now to her, uh, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What can be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her, and when he stood, I'm sorry, when he called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, at this season, about this time, next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time, the following spring, and Elijah, that Elijah has said to her. Sorry, I know there's a lot of scripture, just have to have a little bit of a foundation. Amen. So this morning, we've got two stories of these two separate women, or these two separate um, a family is receiving a gift or a promise from God. The first woman, she was in great need. Um, her husband had died. Her husband was in the company of the prophets of Elisha. And she came, the, the creditors were coming. They were ready to come and, and take things. And back in the day, hey, they can come and take your kids and their kids be their slaves when you owe the debt. So that is the situation that she was facing. She had a great, great need uh, before the, the Lord, before herself. Um, and Elisha gave her very strict instructions on what to do. Um, he said, hey, go to all your neighbors. Go get all their vessels, all the empty vessels. Don't get just a few. Get as many as you can. Take them in your house. Shut the door behind you and take the little bit of oil that you have and just begin to pour it. And once one is full, set it to the side and keep pouring. And she continued to pour and she continued to pour until every vessel that they had gathered was full. For every act of obedience for her, God continued to provide the oil continued to flow, which is another message, and I'm sure it'll be preached at some point. And then you have the second woman who she was living a good life. She didn't really want anything. She didn't really have a big need in her life. Matter of fact, they had extra, and so she said to her husband, we have extra. Let's give to the man of God. So they created this whole room upstairs uh, for Elisha, so whenever he would come, he could come and he could rest there. He had a place there, a bed, a side table, a place to sit. It was a nice little setup for him. And Elisha said, what can I do for you? She said, I don't, I don't need anything. I don't, I don't want anything. He says, do you want me to speak on your behalf to the commander? Do you want me to speak to the king? And she's like, I'm, I'm good. I got my own place, got my own house. We're good. We're, 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 we're well off. I don't need anything. And Gehazi, Elisha's servant, says she doesn't have a kid and her, her husband's a little old. Um, he's, he's knocking down heaven's door. Uh, <laughs> Elisha said, great. By this time next year, you're going to have a son. And she, her response was, no, my Lord, don't, mm -mm, don't. <laughs> Don't, don't even play. <laughs> don't play with me like that. But God sees her right where he is, right where she is, and God still says, I'm going to bless you. I think it's probably safe to say that probably everybody in this building or most people can find themselves able to relate to one of these two women. Either you're in a situation where you have a big need from God, um, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe you have, you need a healing in your life, maybe you've been going through sickness, uh, maybe, sorry, Austin, follow me, buddy, I'm going to I'm going to walk a lot. <laughs> uh, maybe you have a situation in your life where uh, you need a healing or, hey, the rent's due and you've got more month than you have money. Or you need a new job and you've been asking God for it. Um, or you, you hate your boss because, I, I, you know, for whatever reason, he just, he, do, he just rubs you the wrong way. You just don't like him. I love my boss. 
Love you, Pastor. Uh, it, that's not my situation. Maybe it's your situation. <laughs> but whatever it is, you relate to the first one because you have a big need in your life that you've been asking God for, that you've been praying about, that you've been crying out to God for. Or maybe you're like the second woman who, hey, everything right now in life, it's good. I'm fine. I don't really need anything. Uh, bills are paid. I, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to ask God for anything. I just want to come to church. I just want to sing the songs. I just want to worship. I'll go home. I'll go serve at the fall festival. Everything is fine, but there might be something in your heart that you were like, but if I did have this in my life, it would be awesome, Lord. It's a secret. I'm not going to tell anybody about it, and I'm not going to pray about it because this, this thing just seems it's, it's too far stretched and it's too far removed. I, I, I probably, it's probably an unattainable thing, and I'm not even going to ask for whatever these situations that you may relate to this morning. I want to tell you two things. One, we serve a God that hears your prayers. In 1 Peter 3.12, it says that his eyes are on the righteous and that he makes his ears attentive to their prayers. And the second thing is, we serve a God who knows how to give good gifts. In Matthew 7, 11, it says that he will give good gifts to those who ask him. So let me ask you this. What would you do if you were to receive the gift or the answer or the promise from the Lord that you've been asking for? What would you do if you were to receive that promise that maybe you're too afraid to ask for or it's just too far out there? This is not a name it and claim it or a blab it and grab it type of message. That's, that's not who I am. I'm not saying, hey, I, what, I, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be well. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I would too. Uh, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about what will you do when you receive that promise from the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence that's already in this room this morning. I want to say thank you, Lord God, for uh, just bringing us in this place today. And I thank you, God, for the word, God, that you have prepared, God, for your people today. I pray, Lord, that you would lead us. You, God, has help us to receive it this morning. Help me to deliver it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, sweet deal. Now, in the last 13 years of my life, I have been married to this wonderful woman over here on the front row. Um, in this pink shirt and glasses, dark brown hair, black jeans. <laughs> um, we have, we've had a, a wonderful marriage. Um, I'm so, so appreciative of, of her. And throughout these last 13 years of marriage, we have been able to give each other some good gifts. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I remember one time she, she pulled off a gift, and it was a huge surprise to me where she bought me um, a, a, an expensive keyboard. It was a keyboard that I had wanted. It's a piano. Um, I needed one. I really wanted one. I was wanting to do some stuff at the house and, like, recording and stuff like that. And she, who is, she played the flute in high school, and that was the extent of her musical journey, um, which, uh, no, no shade if you play the flute. Perfectly fine. It was amazing. And I'm sure she could pick it up today and play a beautiful melody. Uh, but that she didn't know anything about pianos. But she had, <laughs> beyond my knowledge, she had went and, and purchased this piano for me, um, brought it home and surprised me. Throughout the years, I have, um, you know, given her, like, Lamborghinis and trips to Paris and um, just good gifts, you know. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I haven't done any of that. <laughs> uh, but... Out of all the gifts that we have been able to give each other in exchange, the most, one of the most precious gifts that we've given to each other has been our wedding rings. Um, these have been, <laughs> ladies are like, oh, gosh. <laughs> 
these, our wedding rings, um, they've been one of the most cherished gifts that we've, we've given to each other because they've been, they've probably been one of the gifts that we have, we've had the longest. It's traveled with us in all of our moves. It's the, one of the gifts that we have insured. So if something happens, it's, it's, it's financially covered. Uh, <laughs> these, these, these cherished gifts that we have, um, that we've given to each other, these are, these are gifts, it's, it, it goes with us everywhere. It, we take it with us every single day, almost, almost every day. I do remember there was one time earlier in our marriage that I had left to go to work, and I was probably gone a minute or two from the house, and I get a phone call, you know, from my wife. I pick it up, and I say, hey. And she said, hey, baby. I said, hey, what's wrong? I said, you missed me already? And she said, did you forget something? And I said, I thought she was being sweet. But then I remember, hey, I, I kissed her. So I thought, hey, she want me to turn around, you know, come give her some sugar. You know, I was like, bye again. Uh, but I was probably running late to work, and I was like, I, I gave you a kiss. And she said, no, try again. I said, oh, and I did the, what probably most men do. I patted all my pockets. <laughs> I said, key, keys are in the ignition. I'm driving, phone, wallet. Oh, I left my ring. <laughs> and she said, bingo. It's right here. <laughs> On the nightstand where you left it, that gift, this gift that was so cherished, this gift that we, it meant so much to us, you left it here. And we didn't get into a big fight about it or anything like that. Um, we made up. And, and what my wife has come to know now is that I'm a creature of habit. And at the end of the day, I, I take all the articles from my pocket and I put them down in one place. And the next morning, I'm going to go back to that place to pick them up again. Early on, my wife thought, this ring shouldn't be here. It should be in the safe place, on the nightstand. But it was not where I put it. So when I went back the next morning to gather all my things, the ring wasn't there. So I said, ah, table's clear. I'm good to go. So it, but this gift, this thing that we've given each other, this most cherished gift, I, I, I left it there that day. And, and we made up, and it was fine. And I'm, so, I'm still so thankful for these rings and, I've, um, and everything that comes along with it. Now, Oftentimes in life, we receive a gift or we receive a word or a promise from the Lord, and we're so excited, we're so gung-ho about it. When people ask us how we're doing, we say, I'm blessed and highly favored. If you've been sick, someone says, hey, how you feeling? You say, I'm standing in faith because you've got this promise of this or this gift from the Lord. You've been praying, and God reaches down or God speaks to you and says, I got you. I'm going to heal you. I got you. I'm going to come through. I'm going to do that very thing. Or God puts a calling on your life that says, I'm calling you to do this, or I hate. I'm telling you that this is going to happen in your life. And you've got this promise from God, and everything is good. We've received this word, and we, we're, we're walking along, and these things over here are still put out. Thank you so much, Michael. And you get this gift from God, and you're just walking, okay? This is just so you have a little bit of a visual illustration. All right, there's nothing in this bag. I'm not going to pull out a rabbit. Um, but you have this gift that you've received from God, this promise. And you're walking along with the promise, and everything's good, and you're like, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm standing in faith. And you get up on a Monday morning, and you got your gift with you, and you put the gift on, and you're like, you know what? God's going to do this thing in my life. The rent's going to come through. I'm not even going to worry about it. I, I, I got it. No, no worries at all. And you're walking along in life, and everything seems fine and dandy. And so I don't have to keep walking over here. I'm just going to put all of them over here. You're walking along in life. You got the gift in hand. Everything's fine. And then just you get up one morning and 
There goes a little extra bill. Says, hey, uh, bring me with you today. <laughs> Say, oh, that's okay. I still got the gift. I'm still carrying the burden of the promise. But also, I got, I got the burden of bills, and that's okay. And then mom gets sick. And the doctor say, I don't know what's going to happen. You say, that's okay, because I, I still got the promise that God's given to me, but I also got the burden of bills. I also got the burden of sickness. But you know what? This is a weight that I can carry. It's a thing that I can do. And then you go along, and the car breaks down. And the mechanic says, hey, it's going to be about a, a grand to fix it. <laughs> like, Lord, I don't, got it. I don't have $1,000 to put on this, this broke-down car. But you say, it's okay, because I got the promise still, and I'm carrying it, and it's, 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 not, it's not too bad. And you're getting up on a Tuesday morning, and you're still carrying the burden of all these things, and you still got the weight, and you're still carrying them, and it's okay. And on a, a Wednesday morning, I had another bath. It's okay. Just imagine I'm putting on more things. You know what? Let me go put on some more things. <laughs> Somebody else calls. And they say, hey, your kid's acting up at school, and you got to come get him. And you say, ain't got nobody to come get him. Because <laughs> the car broke down. Mama's sick. She can't watch him. But they say, you got to take off three days because your kid got to be at home. And you're like, okay. Well, I can take this too. But, and you get up on the Wednesday, and you're like, you know what? If I could just put something down, I've got to, I've got to carry the bills. Because the bill's got to be paid. I need my car. I still got my kids. But let me, God, I love you, but I got to put the promise down. This morning, let me ask you, where did you leave the promise? Was it back at bills? Was it at sickness? Was it at the car breaking down? Was it at the kids not wanting to listen? At some point, the weight got heavy, and you said, I got to put down the promise. I got to put the gift down. Or maybe you're like me, and something wasn't something that came along. Maybe you just you forgot to pick it up that day. Or maybe something else came along that grabbed your attention that caused you to forget the word of the Lord for you. I ask you today, where did you leave your promise? If we look back at the Shunammite woman, she indeed gets pregnant. She indeed gives birth to a son. This gift or this promise from God that she wouldn't even ask for, she wouldn't even fix her lips to tell the prophet, I do want a son. There is this thing that's missing in my life, and if God were to give it to me, it would completely change. My she wouldn't even fix her lips to say it. And sometimes I know that there are things in life where you're like, God, that seems so far-fetched. I've done too much. I've gone too far. And there's no way, there's no way I can be that type of person. God, there's no way I can be a good father. My daddy wasn't nothing. I don't know how to be a dad. There's, God, I, God, I don't even want kids. I don't even, I don't want the thought of me being home and being an influence in anybody else's life, God, because I didn't have a great one in mind. And you say, there's no way I can be a mama. God, I've gone through too much. I've done too much. God, there's no way I can be your servant. There's no way, God, that you can use me because the things that I've done in my life, but yet still God has a promise that he gives. Let me pick up in verse 18 real quick. When the child had grown, we're talking about the Shunammite woman. She has this child. 
now, this, this next year, the same season. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers, and he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And when she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out, then she called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, all is well. Then she sat up the donkey, and she said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you, which means do not slow down for me. I'm good. So she set out, and she came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And when the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi's servant, look, there's the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. And when she came to the mountain, uh, when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in utter bitter, bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, take up your garment, take my staff, go in hand. And uh, if you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. And then the mother said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and he followed her. For this woman who has this very gift that she didn't ask for, this gift has died. This promise from God has died. I don't know if you've ever been in a position or in a place where you get this word from God, something comes along and it grabs your attention and you're like, there is no way that I can carry this promise. There's no way that this promise is going to be fulfilled in my life because of all these things that you can carry, all these other things that I brought up. But what do you do when the very thing, the very promise just dies? It is no more. There is no more road. There is no money to invest into the dream. There, there is no more word from the doctor. There is no more treatments. There's no more nothing. And the promise essentially dies. Gehazi went back. He laid the staff on the child's face. Nothing happened. He runs back and he tells her, he tells Elisha, nothing happened. Nothing's there. The child's not awakened. When Elijah came into the house, I'm picking up in verse 32, he saw the child lying on the bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them, and he prayed to the Lord. Then he went up, and he laid on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his mouth, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself upon him, and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again, and he walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him again. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi, and he said, call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when he came in, he said, pick up your son. She came, she fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son, and they went out. It would have been very easy for this Shunammite woman, as her son has died, to shake her fist at God and say, God, why? Why have you left me here today? Why have you brought me this far? Why would you give me a promise and let it die in front of my eyes? It's not something that happens behind her back. Her child is sitting in her lap and dies. 
It's not a promise that you, you got nothing to do with. This is, this is the thing that means so much to her that she wouldn't even fix her mouth to ask God for. But instead, she gets up, she goes to the prophet. She says, hey, everything's not okay. Did I not say don't play with me? <laughs> In my words, did I say don't play with me? <laughs> I didn't even want this promise, but you got to do something. Where did you leave your promise? What came along that caused you to drop your promise? If I can get personally general with you, personally general, there are some gifts and promises from God that we all share as righteous believers. Because maybe there's not something big that happens in your life. Maybe God hasn't spoken a word to you. But I'll tell you this. In Galatians 5, the Bible says that the fruits or the results of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are promises from God. These are things that God says, when you have my spirit, these are the results of things that are going to happen. In Psalm 37, the Bible says that God won't leave us or forsake us. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes and blood of Jesus, we are healed. Psalm 139 says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a promise from God that you are intricately made with a purpose. We have these gifts and these promises from God that we're supposed to walk in, that we're supposed to believe in, and maybe God has called you into ministry or God has something on your life, but somewhere on, along the journey or somewhere on the road, you dropped the promise. You forgot about the promise. Something else was shinier. Something else was better. Or it just became too hard to carry in. But I'm here to tell you today that the promise is still yours. If God's given you a promise of peace, because he does in his word, peace is yours today. As God has given you a promise of joy, joy is yours today. If God has called you into ministry or God has done something in your life and said, I'm going to do this. If God said, I'm going to heal your body, healing is still yours today. Whether you drop the promise Two hours ago, two weeks ago, two years ago, that promise is yours today. Maybe you're like, hey, Pastor Brent, I ain't dropped the promise. Everything else, I just been kicked to the side. <laughs> Bills coming, uh-uh. <laughs> Car breakdown, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't need it. Get me behind me, Satan. <laughs> I got a promise from the Lord. <laughs> Maybe that's you. Maybe you say, I've been faithfully carrying the promise. Every day I get up, I put on joy, joy, joy. I walk in the office, they don't even like me because I'm always singing, praise the Lord. They say, how you doing? I say, I'm blessed and all in favor. They hate it. You've been carrying the promise faithfully. Maybe that's you this morning, which is awesome. How are you carrying your promise? Are you carrying your promise, you're living in, and you're leading with promise, or are you letting the promise lead you? Because there's two ways to carry. You can, you can carry that thing, you can walk in it, or you just carry it around and you just let it lead you. Where is it going to take me today? Who's going to get some of this joy today? <laughs> Who's going to get some of this peace today? How are you carrying your promise? Here's the potential danger in the way that you carry your promise. Oftentimes, we look for our promises to be fulfilled in other people, 
and other things. So you get a promise from God that you're going to have joy and you're going to have peace and your life's going to be good. And you say, you know what? I'm going to have joy and I'm going to have peace and I'm going to give it to this ladies and I'm going to find that joy and that peace in this man to be fulfilled in him. Or fellas, you say, you know what? I'm going to have children. God's made me like, uh, like Father Abraham. He said, I'm going to be a father of many nations. <laughs> and I'm going to get that fulfilled in this woman. And that promise is yours, but that promise is not theirs. And God wants to fulfill that promise in you, but you're trying to get that promise fulfilled in them. So the danger in carrying your promise and allowing the promise to lead you is that when you take that promise and you try to fit that promise into somebody else's life or somebody else's situation and it just don't fit because it ain't their promise. Whatever position you find yourself in today, I want to make something very plain to you. The promise is not your source. But on the contrary, the promise has a source. And his name is Jesus this morning. The promise, the gift, or the answer is just a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus. And the gift is only one of the results of his love for us. And because of that, I firmly and confidently say today that if the promise came from God, then he has a plan to provide for it. He has a plan to prepare you for it. And he has a plan to deliver on his promise to you. So instead of us taking the promise and we carry it around and we got all these different things that, hey, I could pick up again, but why? <laughs> we got all these different things that we can pick up and we can carry and we can do all these things because we try to fulfill the promise that God has for us. If the promise came from God, he has a plan to provide for it. He has a plan to prepare you for it. And he has a plan to deliver on his promise to you. And if we would take our lead from the Shunammite woman, whether you set your promise down a long time ago or you've been faithfully carrying the promise or you found it too hard to carry and you're believing for that promise, whatever position you found yourself in with the promise this morning, if you would take your lead from the Shunammite woman and put the promise back in the hands of the one who gave it to you. That Shunammite woman, she took her dead promise. She laid it back on the bed of the prophet and she went to the prophet. She set a course to encounter from the source. And with every step of the way, I love it that it's in the Bible, she said all is well. And if you'll allow me for a second, I'm put myself in her shoes. When she came down the stairs and she told her husband, get me a donkey, get me a servant. I got to go see the man of God. And he said, is everything okay? Why are you going? And she began to sing, if you'll allow me for a second, it is well. And then she saddled the donkey, and, the ser and she told the servant, do not slow down for me. He said, ma'am, is everything okay? And she said, with my soul. And then she got closer to the, the man of God, and he sent Gehazi to meet her. And Gehazi said, is all well with your husband? And she said, it is well. And she said, is all well with your son? He, she said, with my soul. And then she got closer, and he said, is all well with everybody else? And she says, 
It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. She took her promise back to the source of where that promise came from, and she didn't say anything different until she got back to the source. But when she got to the source, she got real with the source, and she said, I didn't even ask for this. Didn't I say, don't even play with me about this thing? I didn't want this thing. I wanted this thing, but I ain't asked for it. When she got back to the source, only the source could do something about the promise. Whatever promise you're carrying in this place today, if it's a promise from healing and that promise came from God, only God can do that thing. Now, bless the Lord, he gives us doctors and some medicines. <laughs> and if you got a headache, it's okay to take some Tylenol. <laughs> okay? But bless the Lord, if you've got a promise of healing, then go back to the source. You've got a promise for joy? Come on, somebody. You've got a promise for joy this morning? Go back to the source. Because I guarantee you, to be transparent, in the 13 years of wonderful, blissful marriage that I've had to my wife, there's been some mornings where I wake up and she wakes up, and she mad at me. <laughs> and I don't bring her joy <laughs> every single Tuesday, okay? It's just not how it works. And so that man or that woman that you've placed the promise of joy in and the promise of peace in and the promise of happiness in, when they fail you, they're not the source. When the job calls you in and you get the come see me text, this ain't happening here. All right. <laughs> Bless God. But when you get called into the boss's office and the boss says, uh, we're downsizing, and I'm sorry, Frank, I'm going to have to let you go. You're like, what? I didn't get this company 30 years of my life. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> that job ain't your source. The promise of provision in our lives does not lie in the job that we hold. God knows your bills. Sometimes you go outside of God's will to get some extra bills, but that's, that's another story. God sees what you need. The promise of provision is not found in the job. It's not found in the husband. It's not found in the wife. But we've got a source. There is a source to the promise, and that source is Jesus this morning. However you've been carrying or not carrying your promise today, I'm here to tell you that it is time to take your promise back to the source. Because here's the thing, and here's the trick of it all. You can carry the promise around, and you can carry the weight and the burden of the promise, but that is never the way that God intended for us to carry the promise. God's weight for us is light. His burden is light. So if you're carrying around the weight of the promise and the weight of bills and the weight of finances and the weight of marriage and the weight of kids and the weight of sickness and the weight of the broke down car and the way that rents do and the way that you don't know how you're going to find your healing and you don't know how you're going to provide in this situation and the weight in this situation, you're carrying around all of these weights and all God says is lay those weights at my feet. Because he's a source 
of providing for the promise. So instead of walking like this with the weight and the promise in your hand and having it fulfilled, you walk like this and you say, Jesus, you know what? You gave me the promise, so I'm going to trust that you're going to be the one that's going to fulfill the promise. And instead of me walking around with the weight of the promise, Lord, let me get on my knees before you and say, Lord God, you gave me the promise. So I'm going to know that you're going to provide for the promise. God, you said I was going to be healed. So Lord God, no matter how long it takes, oh Lord, if it's on this side of heaven or if it's on that side of heaven, I'm going to know, Lord God, that you are my healer. I'm going to know, God, that you are faithful. I'm going to know, God, that you are my provider this morning. I know, God, that you bring me joy this morning. I know, God, that you give me peace this morning. And so, God, instead of me carrying around this way and this way and that way and that way, I lay these ways, God, off of myself and at your feet, Jesus. And I ask God that you lead and guide me. And you get up from that place of prayer and you say, you know what, Lord? I'm walking a little bit lighter today. Because I know that that promise is going to be fulfilled through Jesus. And I know that these weights and these burdens can be fulfilled through Jesus. Where did you leave your promise today? Where did you leave your gift from the Lord? For somebody out there, where did you leave your calling today? In ministry, your first pastor at job as youth pastor or worship pastor or whatever, it don't pay a lot. <laughs> it's, it's very, very easy to just be like, yes, this God, I must have missed you. <laughs> I remember the first church that I was at out of college, um, the pastor said, uh, I, can, I can pay you the, this amount of dollars a week, pay you $100 a week. I said, oh, <laughs> praise God. That's good. I, thank you, Lord. He said, I'll have you full time by the end of the year. I Praise the Lord. Three and a half years later. Uh, <laughs> still, still the same. And it's, it's very easy, and I, I don't say that as a dig. I, I, I love working there. I love being on staff there. I love those pastors. I uh, made lifelong friends with him. But it could have been very easy to give up on the promise, to give up on the word of the Lord to me. For some of us, marriages, either it's early on, later on, or somewhere in the middle. At some point in your marriage, life gets hard, and the arguments increase. Because the money has decreased. <laughs> or something else has decreased and, and things just get hard. And it's very, it's very hard to get up again on a Wednesday or a Thursday and still say, God, I'm going to walk in these blessings. I'm going to walk in the promise that you gave me in the provision. It's so very easy to set the promise down when you take your eyes off of the source. This morning, wherever you have laid your promise down, that has not been at the feet of Jesus, I want to tell you again, that promise is still yours today. If the worship team would make your way up, the promise is still yours today. If it's a promise of healing, healing is still yours today. If it's a promise of joy, God still says that his joy is our strength, and it's still yours today. If you need a miracle in your life, God is still in the miracle doing business in this place today. Amen, somebody. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what your journey has been like. But I can confidently tell you this morning, we serve a God in heaven 
who if the promise came from him, he has a plan to provide for the promise. He has a plan to fulfill his promises in you. Would you stand on your feet in this place this morning? Wherever you are in this room, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads if you need to. That helps you focus in a little bit better. I ask you to just kind of reminisce on your life right now. Think back on how these last few years have been. And think back on if God's ever spoken to your heart and spoken a promise to you. Something that's been important to you. Something that touched your heart and you're like, I know that this was from God. Or, as you search your heart this morning, what's that thing that you could righteously believe God for? And if God were to do that thing in your life, it would be so awesome. It'd be so good, but you've been afraid to even speak up and say anything to God about it. You've been afraid to even pray about it because you're like, it's so far from what I feel like I can achieve in my own strength. Whatever your promise is this morning, let's take it to the source. Because you know what? You've walked around with it long enough. You've been unsuccessful in carrying it around long enough. You've bared the weight of that thing long enough. And it's time to take it back to the source. Lord, as we're in this place this morning, I thank you, Lord God, that the promises, God, that you give us, you are faithful, God, to complete the good works that you start in us. The promises, God, that you give us, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that they're not things, God, that we can do in our own strength at times. I thank you, God, that they are beyond our scope of, God, what we can do. But I thank you, Lord God, that when we take those things back to you, Father, I thank you, God, that there is nothing that is impossible with you, Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that healing is ours. Your blood poured out, Lord God, long ago for healing, God, to already be purchased for us. Joy is ours today. Peace is ours today. We don't have to continue to walk around in chaos and confusion, God, because of your promises today. God, the promise, the calling, God, that you place on people's lives, it doesn't have to end. But today, God, we want to lay them at your feet. We thank you, God, in this place, Lord, today. And churches, your eyes are still closed, your head's still bowed. I'm just going to ask this. If you're in this place this morning, and that's you, you would say, Pastor Brandon, I left my promise a long time ago. For whatever reason, you put joy down because you felt like you couldn't take joy to the work office. You put down peace because you feel like you had to put up walls and you couldn't have peace with people because you didn't want people running you over and do whatever, for whatever reason, you laid down the promise. For whatever reason, you laid down the call. Or if you've been faithfully carrying the burden. If you would say, Pastor Brent, I, I need to lay that thing back at the feet of Jesus. Nobody's looking around. I'm not looking to embarrass you. Would you slip your hand up to heaven? Because I want to pray for you this morning. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, his hands have been lifted in this room this morning. We take our promise. We lay it back at your feet, Jesus. We lay it back at your feet, Jesus. We put the promise, God, back in the hands of the source, back in the hands of the one who gave us the promise to begin with. Lord, we thank you in this place today. Churches, the worship team is going to sing this song. If that's you in this place, you feel comfortable, you want to step out, come find a place in this altar. There's some altar workers that will come by and pray for you. I'll come down and I'll pray for you. Otherwise, this morning, lift your hands and worship. Let's just begin to worship the Lord in this place. Come on, as you worship, lay down that promise. You're worthy, you're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and making. You're worthy, you're worthy. Come on, tell them. You're worthy of my song. I give you my worship. I give you my worship. just once again this morning you're worthy of our song you're worthy of our worship church I want to remind you of the word of the Lord this morning that God spoke earlier when we were in worship that said are you going to trust him are you going to trust the world I'll tell you that the burden of bills the burden of money are burdens of the world. The burden of you having selfish ambition to fulfill the promises that God has are burdens of the world. But God asked you this morning, even before I preached, are you going to trust me? Or are you going to trust the world? So if you leave this place today and you pick that way back up and you walk out these doors, God's giving you the opportunity to lay it down. So don't. Don't pick it back up when you leave this place. Leave light. (laughs) 
leave fulfilled in Jesus. You have the opportunity to do that this morning. I'll tell you this, I am uh, 35 years old. I looked at my wife for confirmation. <laughs> I'm 35 years old, and I know some of you are like, yeah, you're still young. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm middle-aged, I don't know. <laughs> in the 35 years of life that I've lived, there's never been a point in my life that I could do better than God. And I could pick out probably the oldest saint in this room and ask him the same question and they give me the same answer. There's never been a point in their life, there'll never be a point in your life where you can do something better than God can. There'll never be a point in your life where you can fulfill a purpose or a promise better than God can. So before we leave this place this morning, we're going to sing that song one more time. And I want to encourage you, if you've still been holding on to that weight because you're like, I just can't let it. It's okay. It's all right to lay the weight down. It's okay to trust in Jesus this morning. So all around this room, can we lift our hands in worship? Come on, let's sing that again. I give you my worship. I give you my worship. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. 